Good morning. Turn to 1 Peter 5.10. 1 Peter 5 and verse 10. But may the God of all grace, who's called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Amen. But Peter brings this encouraging admonition in the context of the devil, the evil one. He says just a few verses before this, who walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, and therefore we're called to resist him, to be steadfast in the faith, and remember that we're not alone. This suffering could be all kinds of anguish, affliction, tension, challenges, trials. And so it is in this battle with an enemy against us that we as Christians will suffer. Notice in the text, it says, after you have suffered a while. There's an expectation that you will suffer. It's it's expected. It's a normal part of the Christian life because we're in a continual battle. Battle is not a time of celebration. It's not a party. It's not a time to relax. Battle and war involve suffering, inherently. That's why a chapter earlier, Peter says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing were happening to you. Suffering in the Christian life is normative. It is expected, and in that we are actually called to rejoice with exceeding joy. Why is that? Because it's there, through, and as we see here, even after that suffering where God is glorified and his glory is revealed in us. So we're called to suffer well, to respond well, right? To look to God, to be glorified even as we suffer. But there's a problem with suffering. We live in a culture, in a time, particularly a country, whose mission and goal, it seems, is to ensure that any little bit of suffering is eliminated. There is to be no suffering in this life. The world is very good at providing us many options. You have a long, hard day at work. So just escape. Turn off your brain, entertain yourself. You had a difficult interaction with someone. Well, just take off the edge with some drink at the end of the day. Numb yourself a little. Your job is too hard? Just quit. Relationships are too difficult? Just don't talk to those people anymore. Church is challenging? Just leave. There's lots of other churches out there, right? That membership, those vows you took, they're just words. These are the whisperings of your flesh, of the world, and of the devil. Who says, 
What the world is shouting to us, you should never have to suffer. God loves you. He wouldn't want you to suffer, right? But notice, when we run away from suffering, when we unfaithfully escape, which God has ordained for us, there's no opportunity for growth and for his glory. Look at verse 10 again. After you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. That's what God's doing. Suffering is one of the very important ways that God perfects us, establishes us, strengthens us, and settles us. We don't want to miss out on this, brothers and sisters. We, we cannot run from the sufferings, from, from affliction, from persecution. By God's grace, we receive it. We We must glory in tribulations, as Romans 5 says, because this is where our hope is built, it's fashioned, it's reinforced in Christ in those times. We're called to, as Peter says in verse 9, be steadfast in faith. There's a a standing, there's a steadiness, a grounding, a holding fast to Christ Not fleeing, not escaping, not numbing ourselves to reality, but committing ourselves to his sovereign will, his refining fire. Remember remember what God said in Isaiah 48? I have refined you by the furnace of suffering for my glory. Because what, what does the enemy want when we suffer? We suffer, we go through affliction, we go through trial. What does the enemy want? He wants you out of the battle on the sidelines. He wants you in the back at garrison. He wants you useless, curled up in the ball in the corner, crying, right? Either beaten down or just mad at everybody else for your problems. But in Christ, we will suffer. And in that He uses us all the more for his glory. He puts you back in the game. You're on the bench. He says, get up and go in. Coach says, it's time to play. But many of us know when we suffer, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard for me. Maybe for you too. We're trodden down. We're we're even broken by it a little, aren't we? But our God is an amazing God. Our God loves, he loves to take broken, fractured pieces of our lives and put them back together and mend them and put us back in the battle. He takes that suffering and he perfects, establishes, strengthens, and settles us. And he has a call for each of us. Each of us in here, right now. Otherwise, as as we talked about this morning, if, if he didn't have a call for you in your life right now as a true believer, what would he do? He'd take you home. Your work here is done. But as long as you're still here, to live is Christ. Our verse says, the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. He has called you to do something here for him, for his kingdom. So we cannot give up. We, we suffer, yes, we, we endure affliction, but we cannot give up. We press forward to the upward call. 
of Christ Jesus our Lord. And we all know that through the suffering, we will have some scars from this, right? You might lose a limb. You might walk with a limp for the rest of your life. But that's okay. We just keep pressing forward. We endure hardship as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. And then we step back out onto the battlefield stronger, more established, more fashioned for his use. The God of all grace will not just sustain you, he will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. And we know that hurt and offense and affliction and sufferings are real things. But brothers, this call today, sisters, the the word of God today is telling us we cannot sulk and sit on the bench. We, We cannot lick our wounds for years. We have to, with steadfast faith, walk through that trial. We we have to look forward to the perfecting, strengthening work that God is doing in our lives. And so that means that in Christ, when you go through suffering, you don't just survive, you don't just make it through, you actually grow stronger by the grace of God. So as we take this to heart in our time of confession now, first of all, let's be open to the conviction of God here. We all know the temptation, brothers and sisters, to turn away, to escape with whatever numbing objects are out there to get out of the trial. But we cannot do that. We cannot ignore it. We cannot escape. We must believe by faith that the God of all grace will take that difficult suffering and turn it for good, for your sanctification to bolster that hope in your life for His glory. Let's take this to heart during our time of confession. I'm going to ask now if if you're able and willing to kneel and we will recite together our corporate prayer of confession which is in your bulletin and also on on the wall. O most glorious Savior, who pardons all such as truly repent and turn to you, we humbly confess our sins and implore your mercy. We have not loved you with a pure heart fervently, neither have we loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not done justly, nor loved mercy, nor walked humbly with you, our God. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. According to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out our iniquity. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Cast us not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from us. Restore unto us the joy of your salvation, and uphold us with your free spirit. Amen. We now take a moment to individually confess our sins to God.